What's up, friends? I'm your host, Amanda Smith, and welcome to the Girl Gang Podcast, the show where I chat with inspiring women about business, life's challenges, and building community, because we all need it. If you need a girl gang, this podcast is for you. All right, guys, welcome to the Girl Gang Podcast. Today, I have Miss Heather Finley on with us, and we're going to get into some health and wellness stuff. And I'm super excited. Health, Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So excited. Um, so Heather and I are both in the Dallas area, which is super fun. Um, and we know so many people in common online and in real life. And so super excited to have her on the show and talk about our gut today, um, and how that really like ties into everything in our lives. So before we get started, just tell us who you are, what you do and who you serve. Well, thanks for having me again. I'm excited to be here. Um, my name is Heather Finley. I am a registered dietitian and I help women struggling with bloat and constipation find relief by identifying what's causing it. So instead of uh, short band-aid fixes, we really dig into what's going on under the surface to help give them tools to be able to manage it long-term. I love it. So we definitely are going to get into like what led you to doing this today, (laughs) but um, give us a little bit of your background, you know, like even go as far back as you want to, as far back as you grew up and what food was like, you know, things like that. And then how you became a registered dietitian, all those, those things. So there's definitely a personal reason why I help women with, with constipation and bloat, but it wasn't, that wasn't always what I wanted to do. I grew up a super competitive athlete. I was a swimmer my whole life and I was super interested in nutrition and how it would make me swim faster. So it was kind of a selfish endeavor at first. I always thought that I wanted to be a teacher and was actually, when I started looking at colleges, I thought I wanted to go into education. And then I actually took the ACT and the essay was about something health related. And I came home and I told my mom that like I nailed the essay and it was so easy and writing had never come natural to me. I was always a math and science person. And she was like, I always see you reading about nutrition and looking it up online. Have you ever thought of studying that? You could kind of be a teacher in some ways, but just teaching nutrition. And I had never even thought about the fact that you could actually study nutrition. I didn't know that. So completely shifted my college search and decided I wanted to do that. So went to college and was swimming in college and studying nutrition. And that was actually when my gut issues were at their all-time worst or one of the times where they're at their all-time worst, but still thought that I wanted to study more sports nutrition and work with athletes. Um, Even after college, started working at a triathlon club and helping triathletes with their nutrition. Then my dad got really sick my senior year of college. He had colon cancer and about a year later, he passed away. And that's really where my gut issues also were really bad. And obviously was really interested in the gut because of my dad, as well as my own personal experience. So started looking more into digestive issues and realized that there were so many reasons why you could be constipated or bloated. Um, I remember times even as a kid being 
super uncomfortable and just thinking it was normal. Um, it wasn't really something that was ever talked about. So I just thought it was normal to not go to the bathroom for five days. When I realized that it wasn't, I started looking into why, and I was doing all the wrong, wrong things. So I thought that in order to manage my bloat and constipation, I needed to restrict a bunch of foods from my diet. I thought that um, anytime I cut something out, I would feel better for a couple of weeks and then I'd start feeling bad again. And it just sent me on this spiral of symptoms and short relief and symptoms and short relief and um, exercise would relieve my symptoms, but then backfire again. And especially after my dad passed away, I realized how much stress affected my symptoms. And so that's kind of what led me to then do my doctorate program and actually study more in depth on the gut. I didn't learn a ton in college or my master's um, about GI specifically. So I'm a glutton for punishment and decided I was going to go get my doctorate. And that's where I really started learning that digestion was so much more than just food. And so now that's what I get to help my clients do. And I love it. That is amazing. So much good stuff. And I love to hear like why people go into the fields that they do and why they serve the way they do now. So thank you for sharing. I know, you know, we're super focused on business owners here, right? So business owners, we're always doing a million different things. And I just want to kind of dive right in and talk about how this impacts us and especially women on a day-to-day basis, but we're doing a million things, you know, especially if we're still a one woman show, like we're the marketing department and the, you know, the financial department, all of the things we're doing everything. And we throw our self-care health, whatever to the side for the sake of the growth of the business. And because things is, you know, shit just has to get done. Right. And, you know, time is ticking. And, and so would love to hear your thoughts. Like, why do you think we do that? First of all, but if we're currently like feeling maybe, maybe constipation, bloat, all these things and, and like negative things in our body, where can we start? Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I I don't know exactly why we do it. I think we care a lot about our businesses and so we want them to succeed. I know, especially just the way my personality is like, I, if I see something that could be better, I want to address it immediately. And it's exciting to build something that you're passionate about and that you love. And so sometimes I know for me and probably for you, it's really hard to stop because it's, it, it does feel like work sometimes, but you enjoy it and right. you're excited about what you're building and it's your own thing. And so it's sometimes easy to pull yourself out of it because, uh, and this is a mindset shift that I've had to make is I felt like anytime I took a break, it was costing me money. And that's so not the case. Um, I felt like, okay, I have to work on the weekends because if I don't, then that could be clients I'm losing or like, Instagram posts I could be creating or whatever. And I've realized like, if I actually take time off, I'm more productive. I have a clear mind. Now having a team makes it easier, but I think there's a lot of reasons we do that. One is wanting to succeed and achieve one, maybe because we care about it a lot. And then I think also just the pressure of our society. So one thing I always tell my clients is the whole, like, I was so busy. I had to eat lunch and work at the same time is not a good thing, but in our society, that's a badge of honor. Like I was so busy. I didn't even have a break. I haven't eaten anything today. 
And we've got to get away from that because it's starting to affect our health, our digestive health, our sanity. And so it's really hard to take those breaks. And a lot of my clients actually are entrepreneurs. I think because stress is so intertwined with digestive health, it makes sense. So stress, I, I always tell my clients too, it doesn't even matter what you're eating. If you're overly stressed and your cortisol levels are through the roof all the time, it's not going to matter. So we have to start with stress management. Oftentimes actually sitting down and eating a meal and chewing and digesting versus rushing through. So you can get to the next thing. I know. I remember. So part of my journey was I was a teacher for seven years. Um, I was a full-time teacher. I taught elementary music. So I had 350 students on my roster week in, week out, you get 20 minutes for lunch. You only have like one opportunity to go to the bathroom when you can, you know, during the day until the kids leave. And especially for teachers, which is like a whole other world, it is terrible on your body. Absolutely awful. And I got to the point where I had a couple of friends on kind of like on speed dial on my phone that I knew, okay, I know their schedule. Like they don't have a class right now or whatever I do, but like, I just had lunch and I have to go to the bathroom or, you know, I have this jug of water I've been drinking all day and I only had one chance to go. And it was four hours ago, like, you know, and so I would like message those people and be like, you got to cover my class because I'm not going to sacrifice my health anymore to do this. And, but you're right. Like it's, it's so much of a cultural thing too, of like working through lunch. I mean, my entire teaching career, I worked through my lunches and worked through and well, less towards the end because I learned my lesson, but I worked through my lunches because I was always juggling a business and teaching. And so lunch was a break. I could check my phone. I could check social media, my emails, you know, we're working with a lot of like brands and other businesses and like regular business hours are happening while I'm working. And so I never felt like I wanted to miss out too. And so I think, what what would you say to those people too that are juggling a full-time job and a business? Yeah, that's really hard. You know, I think that hoping that it's just a season, but like finding pockets where you can even schedule in self-care, but just figuring out like what the priority mm-hmm. is you know, and so you don't burn yourself out because the last thing you want to do is work so hard building this business that you're passionate about. And then by the time you are ready to leave your full-time job, you're over it because you're so exhausted. So asking for help, trying to find ways to simplify your life, even if that's like doing a meal delivery service or um, saying no to other obligations on the weekends because you need to sleep or whatever, like, I know I've had seasons of my own life and business where I've just pretty much had to say no to a lot more than I wanted to, but I knew I had to, to protect my family and to protect my own mental health and my own physical health. Yeah. And it is, it's a, it's a matter of priorities. And I think once I figured out the, the shift that I needed in my priorities, everything else was so much clearer. Everything else was so much easier I didn't feel guilty about anything. 
whether it was eating lunch and not working at the same time, didn't feel guilty about that anymore. You know, saying no to doing something fun or entertaining on the weekends when I was either resting or catching up on stuff from, from the week that I missed, you know, I didn't feel guilty about that anymore because I knew I wanted to still like my business when I left my teaching job, you know, I didn't want to be so burnt out that, that I hated what I was doing. So let's get into, there's probably a ton of reasons that you see people, especially clients, you know, dealing with bloat and constipation and all those kind of things. And I like, I'm the kind of person, like, I love talking about absolutely anything, like, especially after being a teacher for seven years, nothing grosses me out. Nothing is off the table. (laughs) I've seen it all. I've heard it all. Like when, when we have kids, Lord willing, it's going to be fine, you know? So let's dive into this and talk about what are some of these big reasons and maybe red flags we should be looking for on our day-to-day life that can show us we need to change. I I love that you say nothing's uncomfortable (laughs) because I always tell my clients that too, like on our first call, I'm like, you're not going to gross me out. Nothing is gross to me because I've experienced probably everything that you have. And my family always makes fun of me too, because they're like, normal people don't talk about this. Like you talk about it so naturally, it's like that but book. like I just normal at this point, I talk to people about poop right. all day long. It's like that it's book fine, they've, so. they've written books for like kids and adults. Like everybody poops, you know, and I love it. Yeah. Everyone poops. You should have that book like on your desk in the background of all your videos. This company a couple of years ago sent me this package um, of like fiber supplements or something. And it included the Bristol stool chart. I don't know if anyone listening knows what that is, but it's basically a chart that rates your stool. And I had it just sitting out on my kitchen table. Cause I had like unloaded the box that they sent me and it was Thanksgiving dinner. My mom's like, you need to move this. <laughs> like This can't be on the table anymore. So it was kind of time. Anyways, sidetracked. So reasons that people can be bloated or constipated, honestly, the number one reason that I see clients constipated and bloated is stress. The way that I like to describe it is, so your stress hormone, which is cortisol, when you are stressed, it doesn't matter if you're stressed from your teaching job or stressed from being in traffic or stressed because you're bloated or stressed about, is this food going to make me feel bad? Stress is stress to the body and your body interprets stress as I'm being chased by a bear. And so anytime you're stressed, your body is taking your blood resources and moving it to your muscles because it's getting ready to run away from this proverbial bear. So if we think about how that affects our digestion, if we don't have blood flow to our gut, it's going to affect how we digest and absorb our food, our stomach acid levels. And then over time, if your stomach acid levels are low, your enzymes aren't doing what they should, things sit in your gut and they ferment and they overgrow. And that's what can cause bloat. Um, And so really at the root of it, a lot of times IBS related issues are linked with stress. That might not be the only reason that someone is stressed, but like I mentioned earlier, if you're doing all the right things and nothing's changing, you may consider that it could be stress. Some other reasons that you could be bloated that are very simple to change or simple when you say it, but hard to implement would be not chewing your food well enough. We want to try to chew our food to applesauce consistency. And a lot of people don't because we're eating too quickly. So trying to make your meal last 15 to 20 minutes and chewing 
um, until your food is properly broken down. Our teeth are the first step of digestion by chewing. So that's another way. Um, and then sometimes bloat can even be linked with dehydration. So just generally not drinking enough water. It's sometimes hard to remember to drink water when you're also stressed throughout the day or you're busy. Um, or I have so many friends that are teachers and like you described, they don't have a break to be able to. Yeah. Pee. It's like, why would and I so drink? Don't exactly. Water. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I told, so my husband, it's funny. I was a teacher and then I quit my job and did this full time. He was self-employed and now he's a teacher. So we kind of switched places. And I told like, he's seen it all the last seven years. Cause we've been together for a long time. And he, I told him, I said, where is your classroom and how far is the closest bathroom? And he was like, there's a <laughs> bathroom right across the hall. And I was like, thank God, because he has to pee all the time. Cause he drinks so much water. And I said, you like, he is a guzzler. He's one of those people that can like chug water and you don't even see him swallow it. It's insane. It's wild. I still don't understand it. And I told him, I said, you can't do that at school because you're going to be in the middle of a class and in front of a bunch of seventh graders and you're about to pee your pants and you can't do anything about it because you're responsible for children right now. <laughs> so <laughs> pee when you know, or, or drink water or, or coffee or whatever, before you have classes, when you know you have a break, it's just, it's also ridiculous. Like, and I could talk about again, education forever, but yeah, it's, it's wild that we have to do that or that certain professions have to plan those things. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would always, I would get to school like 45 minutes early and I would make sure I drank water when I got up while I was on my way to work, while I was, you know, at school, getting ready for the day, go to the bathroom, have my morning classes, chug some water, you know, bathroom at lunch. And then after school was over, it was like water time, <laughs> you know, cause I mean, and I, I would try to sip throughout the day and things like that, but if I, if I let myself carry this around all day, you know, it, game over. So mm -hmm. it's so interesting. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it's like simple things like that, that we just forget. And like these self-care things that we tend to just let go by the wayside. Another one would be sleep. So how often are you sacrificing your sleep to stay up late, to be productive? And trust me, I am not the like shining example on this as my husband. It is hard for me to discipline myself to yeah. go to sleep. Um, but I'm always grateful when I do. But again, going back to cortisol and stress, if you're not resting and digesting, which is what we do when we sleep, that's going to affect your digestive health. And your digestive health is linked to everything, including your brain health. So productivity, mental clarity, so many things that we require as business owners to succeed. Um, and so I, you know, sometimes we have these short-term fixes where staying up late or having to work overtime, but just making sure that that's not the norm um, and finding ways to manage that. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like that was the one thing that really saved me when I was working full-time. And even now, like when I'm doing this full-time, but when I was working and running business full-time, you know, especially there was a season where we had a house being built and we were living with my parents. Well, that was 45 minutes from my job. So I was having to get up even earlier to go to work. Well, school starts at seven 30, right? So I had to get up at five 30 to get ready to leave on time, to be at school early, 
to be there when the kids got there. So I couldn't afford to stay up until 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. I was rigid about 8 30, 9 o'clock. I was asleep. Also, your your beat from the day and then also and then working your business after work. Um, you know, job number two. But even now, like, and I don't know what it was as we're recording this today. Uh last night I went to bed at like nine. Perfect. Like I had been up since 7:30. Great rounded day. I just woke up wide awake at 3:30 this morning. And I was awake until 5:30. And I hated it because I was like, I did the right thing. I went to sleep at nine o'clock. What, like, I don't know what my body was doing. It was really frustrating. Um, so it's going to make for an interesting day, but sleep is like one of those things that I have always committed is a non-negotiable. I will, I love staying up late when it's like fun and there's stuff to do, but like, if I have no commitments, like I'm going to bed, (laughs) you know, I always have to ask myself, like, is this 15 minutes of, you know, Instagram scrolling or watching the bachelor or whatever, like, is this worth not feeling rested? And, you know, sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't, but most of the time it's not. And so, yeah, just recognizing in the moment, like what you need and then following through with it. Yeah, definitely not 19 in college anymore. So can't do that. Can't do that. Um, so let's talk about cortisol. Um, I think this is something that especially entrepreneurs or people in high stress jobs, their adrenal levels, cortisol levels are wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know for me, I'm, I, I keep circling this back to my story, but I, I like to just have a reference. I'm not trying to just like dominate <laughs> this, but I, I want to make it tangible. Uh, when I was teaching, I was in a really rough school. And so it wasn't like, oh, these little kids, let's like play and have music time. No, it was like, there were fights in my room. Like kids were throwing shit. Kids were cussing at me or cussing at each other. You know, this kid got stabbed with a pencil or this, you know, the cops are there or like parents are showing up. Like it was, that was every week. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I discovered after some therapy and talking to my doctor, my body was almost always in a semi fight or flight state. Mm -hmm. And so my levels, and I really, I really am thinking now that's probably what contributed plus stress and not sleeping and not eating right and not taking care of myself. All of that combinated, combinated, combined and caused bloat and weight gain and took a toll on my mental health and all of those things. What can we do? <laughs> Let's talk about cortisol and all those things, but what can we do to like stop that before it gets there? Or maybe we're in the midst of that and we're in a stressful situation and we want to get out of it. That's a great question. And, um, I think probably a lot of people relate to what you just shared. It's very easy to get to a point where you're just running on adrenaline all the time and not recognize it. That was me in the past as well. And there's a lot of things that you can do with it. Um, So the first thing I'll share is what we already talked about, which is sleep. So making sure that you're getting enough sleep, that's a great way to help with your adrenals. If you're not resting, your adrenal health is going to suffer. And anytime your adrenal health suffers then your gut health does. So as I was explaining earlier, if you're constantly in fight or flight, it's going to affect how you digest and absorb food. It can lead to 
overgrowth of bad bacteria in your gut, which can lead to lots of bloating, lots of discomfort, potentially small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or SIBO, if you're familiar with that, which a lot of my clients struggle with. So sleep is a great way to help with that. Um, the other thing to look at is caffeine intake. So if you are drinking lots of caffeine throughout the day, that can affect your cortisol levels as well, especially if you're drinking caffeine later in the afternoon. Um, it's going to affect your cortisol. Um, and it's very easy to want to reach for that extra cup of coffee because you're tired and you have to get this stuff done and you want to finish it and you want to do all the things. Um, but trying to limit your caffeine intake to one to two cups of coffee a day is great or focusing on decaf. I actually have a funny story about that. I always typically drink decaf coffee unless I'm drinking like cold brew or something. So I always buy decaf coffee beans. And for like five years of my marriage, <laughs> my husband had no idea. Like it wasn't until a couple of years ago, he was like, wait, you buy decaf coffee? Like, oh and tried to pretend like it was this huge deal. Like, no wonder it wasn't working. I'm like, you had no idea. You didn't even notice. So, yeah. <laughs> You're like, welcome. You've been married for five years and you didn't even know. So anyway, I should do that. Yeah. You, you, you don't even know the difference. So coffee can be another reason, but another really, really important thing to focus on is blood sugar balance. So if your blood sugar is not balanced throughout the day, it's going to affect your cortisol levels and your stress hormone levels. So if you are skipping breakfast, you know, grabbing something for lunch, snacking in the afternoon and not really paying attention to like, am I getting enough protein? Am I getting enough fat in my diet that can really affect your cortisol levels and that can then affect your sleep. And so this can become a super vicious cycle because if your blood sugar is super imbalanced, you're going to be waking up every two to three hours throughout the night, which is not ideal. And then you're tired and then you're reaching for caffeine and like, it's really hard to get out of that cycle. Wait, uh, I have a question. Yeah. Why, if your blood sugar is imbalanced, why do you wake up? Yeah. Good question. So if your blood maybe that's what happened to me last night, <laughs> it could, it could, that's actually what I thought. It's like, Oh, maybe if your blood sugar is dropping in the middle of the night, that is a stress response. Your body's like, Hey, I don't want to starve. I don't like my blood sugar being low. So your cortisol levels spike. And so the cortisol wakes you up. So hmm. typically when people are waking up, like on a two to three hour cycle throughout the night, it often goes back to blood sugar. So focusing on like, what am I eating in the morning? Am I getting enough protein? Am I getting enough fat? Am I not going too long in between meals, like spacing your meals out and eating regularly throughout the day can really, really help. I'm trying to think back yesterday. I definitely ate all three meals. I probably did not eat enough. Mm -hmm. And that's probably fine one. too. Just like, oh, yeah. I'm going to grab something really quick. So, you know, prepping some food ahead on the weekends, you don't, it's, I'm not talking about like bodybuilder prep where you have your six containers with your, you know, measured things, but just like get some proteins prepped, get some veggies prepped, get some starches, you know, like have everything prepped so you can easily grab and like create something with it if that works for yeah. you. And that's something I work with my clients on, but yeah, blood I sugar balance is really, really helpful, you know? And then if the, if you feel like your bloat is just like not manageable, nothing's working, like digging into like deeper, okay, what's going on? You know, is there some kind of imbalance? Is it a stomach acid issue? Is it digestive mm -hmm. enzymes. And we could go down a whole rabbit hole with that, but it for won't. sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I won't name names, but there's two people in my life that I've known for a very long time who both have had major GI issues. And one person for the longest time, we thought it was just a stomach thing, like an ulcer, whatever. It took us well, and, and whatever, it took them a long time to realize th- that's anxiety and stress. You know, that's like, this was not a, a physical thing. It's a physical manifestation, but the the origin is not just a physical thing. The other person has always had like IBS issues and the people in this person's life, we often try to get that person to like do things for themselves better, you know, better food choices, like, and, and it, you would never know. It's not necessarily like, you know, oh, that person's overweight or this, it's not something you can necessarily see, but it's like, oh, we know they can't eat tomatoes, you know? And, and some people just like, you have an aversion to a certain food or whatever, but it's been their whole life. And after hearing, you know, especially experts like you, I know it can be changed, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be with medicine or whatever. And you can't just take Tums your whole life, you know, um, which is probably not a great thing. Like you got some good calcium, I guess, but it's, how can we like, cause I think, you know, it also has to do with like how you grew up and like how you view food and things like that. So how can we support each other? Like in our, in our families, in our relationships, in the workplace, all those kind of things. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's something that I see shifting a bit, which I'm happy about is I think um, in the 90s and like early 2000s, everything was focused on like low fat weight loss diet products. And thank God we are getting away from that because it didn't do anyone any good. It in fact, well, it and a lot of harm. <laughs> low fat doesn't it just means they put a bunch of extra shit in there. That's bad for you. And that's like, uh, my husband has a huge, um, soapbox about that, but yeah, low fat does not mean great. Well, they've done studies, you know, if you give someone, I'm just going to use Cheez-Its for example, <laughs> like if you give someone a regular Cheez-It and a low fat Cheez-It studies show people will eat more of the low fat Cheez-Its because they're not as satisfying because the fat is taken out of them. And our brain is like 70% fat and we need fat to function yeah. and So thank God we're getting away from like this diet mindset, this diet mentality. It does not serve us very well because I think people often put food on a pedestal like this is good. This is bad. And the reality is like no food is good or bad. Food is food. It does not have moral value. You are not good or bad for what you ate. Um, And the more we judge ourselves for what we eat, the more stress we're inducing on our lives. So like being able to have peace with food, regardless of what it is and enjoy food is part of it. And also just encouraging this balance, like prioritizing mealtime, prioritizing, taking time to prepare food, prioritizing, like sitting around the table with people and enjoying a meal. I often tell my clients like food is nourishing, obviously because it's food, but also it can be nourishing in that you just enjoyed a meal with someone you hadn't seen in six months. And the, the conversation was nourishing too. So it's less about what you ate and more about the company. And so I think just like finding this piece with it. And I think one thing that a lot of my clients struggle with specifically is being paranoid that every single food is going to cause them to bloat. And 
getting away from that food fear is really helpful for them. Like preventing them from spiraling every time they sit down, if they're sitting down stressed that they're going to get bloated, they probably will be because you're in a stressed state. And we've talked about what stress does to the gut. So just being able to relax, see food as food, enjoy food and learn to listen to the cues your body's giving you and get out of this stressed panicked state, which is hard. It definitely is. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, like there's so much like morality and weird value that our society has put on food. And I love, I love it when I hear dietitians, like health experts talk about like you need fat Mm -hmm. because it sounds so countercultural, but like you need it like good butter, like good oils, not you know, like canola, canola oil. I can almost never say it right. Avocados, wholesome peanut butter, you know, stuff like, like we have to have that stuff, you know? And I, I hate it that people and women, especially, you know, like, I don't know, just with trends and diets, like the South beach and paleo, blah, blah, you know, I don't know. I just, I love it when I hear people in your field say you need more fat, you know? Yeah. And I think just even like, you know, if it's, if it is canola oil, like don't beat yourself up, self up about it. Yeah. Like you're also don't kill yourself. Yeah. You know, like if you're judging yourself for every single morsel of food that you're consuming, that's ultimately not helpful for your mindset, your overall health, your digestion. And so trying to not like stress about every single bite, but also just looking at like, Hey, am I eating balanced meals? Like, am I, am I fueling myself where I feel good? I have energy. I'm able to sleep at night, you know, all those. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of food, I'm uh, at my office in Dallas today. So I'm like, thinking about what I'm going to order. And I love these tips of, you know, not being in a stressed state and like what sounds good is a good choice. What feels good, not worrying about, is this going to make me feel bad? You know, all of those things. I love it. Um, so last couple of questions before we wrap up, what are some tips that we need to, uh, get the best brain functionality? you know, like in our everyday lives with, with food, with our habits? Uh, the first thing is making sure you're eating enough. Your brain thrives on calories. So making sure that your brain is getting enough fuel. Also making sure you're getting enough fat. Like we already talked about your brain needs fat. So not demonizing that as a piece of your food. And then just eating regularly throughout the day. I think, especially as an entrepreneur, it's easy to like skip meals or like, I'm guilty of this too. Like I'll have calls like that go all the way through lunch. And then all of a sudden it's two o'clock and I'm like, Oh, I'm starving. Like preventing that from happening and just kind of like, take a look, look at your day. Like, okay, when am I going to have a chance to eat and kind of combining that like physical knowledge with your mind knowledge of, okay, it's 1030, but I have meetings starting at 11 and I'm not done till two. Like I should probably eat something to satiate until two, because otherwise I'm going to end up in a hangry blood sugar meltdown. And so just taking five, 10 minutes at the beginning of the day, like what snacks do I have on hand? Do I have food prepared? What do I need to do to set this day up food wise for success? Um, But preventing low blood sugar 
is a great way to do that. Eating balanced meals, making sure you're drinking 75 to 100 ounces of water a day is a great one as well. And then trying to get adequate sleep too. And then one tip that I teach my clients is something called box breathing. Um, and it's just a really simple breathing technique that you can do Love before this. you eat. So you breathe in for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, and then hold for four seconds. And I encourage them to do that three, four, five times. Anytime you find yourself feeling stressed throughout the day, you can do that. You can do that before meals to get your body primed and ready to actually rest and digest. Um, just those simple things can really make a huge difference. I love it. I, I love that you said that because I love box breathing. I love, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Wim Hof, um, and his breathing techniques. Um, my husband found him. My husband loves the Joe Rogan podcast. He was on Joe Rogan, yada, yada. If it's on Joe Rogan, we're going to know about it. So I love doing his techniques, even if I don't like pull up his video, but knowing like, especially as business owners, we will sit in front of our laptop and our multiple monitors and our iPhone for hours. And then, you know, you realize later on the day, you're like, you haven't taken a deep breath in how long. (laughs) And we just forget our bodies sometimes. And so I know for me, like I do not take calls during 12 to one. I do not take calls 12 to one o'clock. It is not available on my calendar anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, because I also have never been able to set my own schedule because I've been a teacher. And so now I'm like, I want an hour long lunch break, no more 20 minute lunch break. <laughs> I, I don't want to take calls before 10 AM because I need to have my own morning time, my own morning routine. And it's not really a routine. It's just like whatever I feel like doing that day. And then I don't want to have calls past four o'clock like that. I'm, I'm past doing that. I used to do it for a long time because I know my body. I know because I'm paying attention, right? That's what the one thing I, I really struggled with. And I think a lot of people do is like, we are not mindful about what we do on a day-to-day basis with our habits and our body and things like that. So anyway, this has been so helpful and so good. What any other like last minute best practices, habits, supplements you recommend to your clients? Yeah, there's so many things that I could recommend, but I would say like if you're stuck and you're burnout and you're feeling just blah, start with the basics. So start getting enough sleep, drinking 75 to 100 ounces of water, saying no. Um, saying no was a really hard lesson that I learned in 2019 and 2020. And it has been the most powerful lesson that I've ever learned. I feel like I was always a yes person and that destroyed my health. Um, and so saying no has been incredible. And now I feel like I need to actually learn how to say yes again a little bit, but, um, yeah, saying no, whenever you are just strapped for everything, Um, there's so many different supplements that you can take, but it kind of depends on your personal health and and what's going on. If you're really stressed, I love ashwagandha for stress and there's even fish oil can be great for that as well. But yeah, getting enough sunshine and making sure your vitamin D levels are normal and not like the 30 to hundred normal, like 50 to 60 normal, making sure your vitamin D is good. Cause that can bring a lot of mental clarity as well, but just, just start with the basics, get enough sleep, drink enough water, do five minutes of deep breathing a day. And I think you'll notice that 
those things alone transform your health. Yeah. And like, it sounds super basic, but it's stuff we forget or that we just like abandon ship because our, our priorities are a little out of whack. Oh my gosh. Well, Heather, I feel like I could just learn from you for ever. Um, I love bringing experts like you on the podcast. Cause I really get to like, just be a sponge and, and absorb good knowledge. How can we connect with you? Like how can people work with you? What do you have coming up? Tell us all the goods. Yeah. So the best place to find me is on Instagram. My handle is gutbrain.nutrition that could be changing, but that's what it is right now. So you can find me there. My website is nourishfunctionalhealth.com. Also in the process of changing, I'm going through a rebrand right now. So uh, I can update you if, if needed, but I, right now I'm running group programs for digestive health. So women struggling with bloat, constipation, diarrhea, all IBS related, SIBO, all IBS related issues. And then what's coming up is I will be doing some programs for health practitioners on digestive health. So that's what I'm excited for as well. Probably a couple other things towards the end of the year, but that's what's coming right now. So I'm excited. One thing I forgot to mention was how wild is it that it took you, not took you, but like that the system is just not set up so that you didn't get, it wasn't until you got to your doctorate that you got to dig into GI information. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) It's, it's seriously. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because I spent four years of college, two and a half years of my master's, which my master's is in sports psychology and kinesiology. So it wasn't nutrition, but basically four years of undergrad, I didn't learn a thing about what I do now. And I think that's why I have so many dietitians, health practitioners reaching out, like, how do you do it? How do I do what I do? Or how do I do what you do? Um, And why I'm excited about this, because it really did take me going to three and a half more years of school while working a full-time job and running my business to do this because I basically had to unlearn everything I learned in dietitian school and reteach myself everything, which is so insane, but Hey, it was worth it. Right. Yeah, man. That's just crazy to me. Like, Oh my gosh. It's like, I, you know, I hear from at least some of the doctor friends that I do have, they don't get a lot of nutrition education, like, because they're a, a holistic wellness practitioner. Like, they have to know kind of everything. So it's not like they go in depth on everything. Anyway, it's just wild to me, but yeah, um, maybe we could, once you like do your rebrand or whatever, not necessarily because of that, but we could do a part two and maybe even take questions and see, see what's, what's up here in several months. But thank you so much for coming on the show, Heather. You are welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and go leave us a rating and review. Um, You guys go connect with Heather on social media and we will see you next time.